wildlife photography or videography. This is the Wildlife Podcast. Hey everybody, my name is Jerry, I'm from WildEye, and I'm back in the office after three weeks in Kenya. Amazing trip. I started off with four days in Samburu, followed, sorry, three days in Samburu, followed by four days in Amboseli as a private guided trip, and then my client and I went on to the Wild Eye Mara camp where I hosted two weeks of safari over there. Fantastic trip all around, great sightings, great laughs. It, it was and I don't know, I'm probably sounding like a broken record, but Svalbard for me, the gets just jowled, it was beautiful. And both the two weeks that I had in the Mara, it's something just clicks sometimes when a group of people come together. And I'm gonna be releasing a video as well. I recorded something that I shared with the guests, but that's down the line. And it was about holding space and how it's a very unique thing for guests at a camp or a lodge type facility to, to interact with staff the way they do at the Wild Amara camp. And that's a very special thing, but more on that later. For now though, I wanna just share some thoughts on something that's becoming a lot more common in on the safaris that I host. And this is through the board over the last few years. And that is, should you be doing photography in some of these amazing sightings that you have, or should you be shooting video? Now, I remember when I got my first, I think it was the D90 Nikon. That was one of the first ones that I had that could that you could shoot images on, like proper raw files, and then also flip and shoot video. And initially the images, the, the, the video quality was a bit shitty, wasn't as amazing. Fast forward to today, and we have equipment that can shoot 4K, 60 frames per second, beautiful quality, image stabilized, fantastic video, and that can create 50 megapixel raw files. So what do you do and what should you do? I think that it's causing a bit of confusion for some people out in the field, and I know this because of questions I've received, and I know this because over the last two weeks alone, I spoke to a lot of the clients, and they're wanting to get into video but then there's this, 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 what's the word? Uncertainty, this, oh my shit, what, what do I do? Do I shoot video or do I shoot photographs? And that's a tough one, right? And the, 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 the short version for me would be, and this is gonna sound wrong, but if you know there are good images to be, to be had in a certain sighting, go the image route. If the images are not gonna be amazing, go the video route because the narrative is different, but, that's why I said it might sound strange, you never know, right? The The benefit of a photographic safari is that you have someone like myself or one of the wildlife guides with you who is focusing on interpreting animal behavior for you so that you can get the shots that you want. It's something that I've said often and I'm gonna say it again, you don't always go for the shots you have, you go for the shots that you want. It's knowing that that lion's sitting there now, but there's the potential for him to move to that tree, then to walk to that female, and then they're gonna pee against the tree, yawn and move on, you know what I mean? It's, it's looking at that, and that comes from an animal behavior and an experience point of view. So if you don't have that, or if, for example, on that particular day, and I'm speaking specifically Masamara now, if you don't have one of the wild eye guides with you, what do you do? Do you go for the image or do you go for the video? Now, before we go a little bit deeper into that, I think the one thing that must be quite overwhelming for a lot of people, if you are moving into the video realm, 
is number one, it's a very different beast altogether. There's new phrases, there's frames per second, there's 4K HD 1920 by 1080, this resolution, that resolution, NTSC, PA, there's all these kind of things, right? And the focus method is different, the way that you frame it is different. Then at the back end of that, You've got Lightroom and Photoshop for photography, but now you have to start digging into video editing, which is a totally new thing. And the reason I think why a lot of people have become better wildlife photographers over the years, and this is specifically, and again, I'm speaking just from my experience at Wild Eye and the people we've, we've worked with and traveled with and shared experiences with, the reason they've gotten better, and this is something that I mentioned many times in the last week as well to my clients, is Sometimes you have to shoot for your processing. And I'm talking photography now. For example, if you're faced with a very high dynamic range scene, you know for a fact one image cannot capture all of that, right? You're either gonna blow the highlights or lose the darks. But if you look at what the scene is, knowing what's capable or what's possible rather inside Camera Raw or Lightroom and or Photoshop and all those uh, tools that you use, denoise for example from topaz if you know that you have those tools waiting you can in the field shoot for your processing meaning the raw file won't be as amazing as you would like it but you are shooting for your processing knowing that it's part of the digital photographic process so the difference now is people are jumping into video they get set up and they get all this new tech thrown at them but you're not sure yet what you can do in your processing so you can't shoot for it even though you still should being able to warp stabilize certain things being able to crop in if you shoot 4k but your export size is 1080 whatever it is so i think the learning the learning curve here is going to be shorter than going from blank to a photographer but it still is going to be there and then on top of that, while you are struggling with all of that in your mind, you've got a lion doing something awesome and you're trying to figure out all this video stuff, you're thinking, you're still double guessing yourself because shit, should I actually be getting these images? So <laughs> there's there's the challenge. And I think before before I go deeper, I think a lot of people who are now trying to learn about videography on their wildlife safari trips, here's the bottom line. I think you're overthinking it. I really think you're overthinking it. When you started as a photographer, or as a wildlife photographer, your journey, right? You didn't know all the details, all the depth of the shadow slider versus the highlight slider versus the black slider. What is monochromatic noise? What is luminous? You didn't know all those things. You just started shooting and go with it. But now, because you have that knowledge, it doesn't really transfer all the way because there's new terminology, there's new techniques, there's new variables in video. So you try and get all of this information, you are crippling yourself with too much information and you're trying to shoot like someone who has done it for a long time. Put your toe in, right? People get, okay, what is the best quality video I can shoot? It's 4K at 60, why? Because then you can slow it down a little bit, it's 4K, it's full resolution. Okay, I get that, but what is your end goal with that video? Are you gonna just post a clip on your Instagram feed? Because then 4K is overkill. Are you going to upload it to a YouTube channel? Because if you are, then maybe 1080 is enough for that thing that you're wanting to do. Because if you're shooting 4K, think of it as a 50 megapixel frame, for example. You can crop a 50 megapixel image down to 25, right? 25 megapixels and still maintain decent quality. If you shoot 4K, you can crop your video down and still maintain decent quality if you know what your use is that you're intending to have. 
yeah but people go and a lot of guides are doing this they throw a huge amount of detail at people shooting video which i think is just not necessary i think too much information too soon is not going to be good learn the process walk the path yeah so if you're going to shoot 4k at 60 but you're just going to post on instagram why not use different settings and slowly build it up because then you're creating way big files that you still have to process down to whatever the case is if you know that you want to do a documentary on your time the Mara and you're gonna go 4k absolutely shoot 4k but then there's this thing okay let me just digress for a second there's this thing where everything has to be slow motion for some reason somewhere along the line Someone posted a slow motion wildlife video and now everything has to be slow motion. Yes, there's a time and a place. Yes, it's dramatic, but not everything has to go there, right? So if you know you want to shoot slow motion, most of the cameras that you're using, Olympus, Sony, Canon, Nikon, they have a slow motion feature built in where it shoots 1080 at I think 120 frames a second. Some of them do 100 shoot that native there's your slowdown video you don't need to do anything with it in post like something like CapCut or adobe premiere or davinci resolve you can just use the video for that but i would rather you shoot a normal frame rate and slow it down a touch because taking a slow motion video and speeding it up ah oh, just doesn't feel right to me something doesn't gel right at the final product so again one of the things i said to well I said this to a few clients over the last few weeks, is if you're gonna shoot video, decide why am I doing this? Am I just fucking around to find out more? Am I just learning? Am I just wanting to share a couple of pictures with Aunt Betty back home on the WhatsApp group? Do I wanna just post it on my Instagram feed? Because then you don't need this super high resolution, super high frame rate and, and, and. Learn first. As you get better, take another step. It's the same as your photographic journey. As you get better, add something else once you understand aperture shutter speed and depth and 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 iso then add in exposure compensation once you understand that look at multiple exposures look at slow shutters whatever the case is but all of this is an arc to this whole thing and for some reason a lot of people who are wanting to do videography on wildlife trips want to jump in at the end right you can baffle yourself with bullshit and try and shoot 4k and the best this and the best that learn the basics Learn the basics and just use that. Get used to following a subject in your camera. Get used to zooming in and zooming out while filming a subject. Because now, when you're shooting, the process of zooming from point A to point B, from 100 to 500, doesn't matter. Because you don't show me that. You only show me the 100 picture and the 500 picture. But now, the zooming in matters. Get used to that. Get used to proper zooming. How do I stabilize this? Where do I put the image? Is negative space still a thing? Is the dynamic, uh, the, the, the point of visual mass still a thing? Dynamic energy in the frame. All of those things still matters. But now you can't hide behind the 100 shot in the 500 shot because you're showing me your zoom in, right? Those things matter. So why not go to the base level that you can don't worry about the high-end stuff initially. Just get the base level. Set your camera up for good video for your desired outcome. And then the more you learn, the better it will get. You'll understand what FPS is. You'll understand the difference between 4K and 1080. You'll understand the difference between ProRes and normal and all these good things, right? But to try and put all of that on yourself, then shoot while still having this anxiety of, shit, should I actually be taking images? That's real. It's very real. So my suggestion is, if you know animal behavior, or if you are with a guide, right, that can pr 
predict things for you. There's a very good chance this lioness is going to get up and hunt those zebras, right? If that's the case, then go photography because you know what you're looking for. You know what you're looking for. If there's a scene where there's just a bunch of lions walking, you're not sure where they're going, it could make for very good video, whether it's B-roll or, or hero, hero um, clips, right? So there's that choice. But the thing is, once you make a choice, once you, and this is for photography and in life, once you make a choice, you don't know what the other one would have turned out as. So make a choice for photography and then just double down and keep going. If you decide to go the video route, follow through. Don't halfway try and change from the one to the other because you, then you're going to lose. I promise you you're going to lose then because you're going to be fluffing around with the camera, changing this, that, the other. The idea again for me is reverse engineer why. If you are, and I actually did this during my last trip, if you want to play the algorithm on something like Instagram, look for slow motion clips of cats walking. People love that shit for some reason. Put some dramatic music like from Gladiator or from Game of Thrones on it and it works, right? But shoot different things. Sometimes slow, sometimes they play. You need to learn. You need to learn. I think the... The one thing that was the most, not worrying, but, I, but I, I feel sorry for people sometimes when they try this because they're good photographers and then they jump into the video realm and they put a huge expectation on themselves and then they get disappointed in the results and they get disappointed in the fact that they didn't get the video they think they should have, but they don't really know what it could have been because they haven't got that video uh, literacy yet. You know what I mean? It's a, and, and then on top of that, the anxiety of I should have been taking images. So I think as a suggestion, if you're a photographer that wants to dabble in, in videography, figure out your why. Why do I want to dabble, right? Do I just want better clips to show people when I get home? Then 1080 is more than enough. You don't need to show them full 4K, right? If you're going to upload to YouTube or Instagram, figure out what your end goal is and reverse engineer it from there. Then you will know what settings to use. You will know what resolution to shoot, what frames per second and so on and so forth. Yes, there are very fundamental things that you need to get right, the shutter speed, the focus mode, and so on and so forth. But that's the path you need to walk like you did with your photography. So for me, I think it's a great thing to be able to shoot video in between. It adds a lot of depth. I think it changes your creative voice. It stimulates your creative mind, which means when you look at your photography, you look at it differently. I also think that people underestimate the iPhones these days. I've shot the majority of my videos on my iPhone. If it's close enough, one, two, or three times zoom, don't go pixelated, just the optical. But the quality is amazing. It's full 4K. You can do cinematic where it blurs out the background. You can do slow motion straight on the phone. So maybe even, I'm just thinking about this now, use your phone until you used to think in video. You need to remember, when you, when you start photography, you need to learn to think like a camera. You need to now learn how to think like a video. That's actually quite profound, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, so use your phone initially and video. Think of what it feels like to zoom in, to zoom out. When an animal's walking, when do you pull back? When do you go in? Where's the energy going? Um, when does slow motion work better? Learn those fundamentals first and then go into the field and try. But again, um, I do think it's a great thing to play with both. I think if you understand your why, why do I want to create photographs or why do I want to create video, reverse engineer it from there and I'm pretty sure you'll have your answer as to when and how to do it. 
Uh, just some thoughts based on the last couple of weeks because we're seeing it more and more. A lot of people are shooting video. Um, the, the thing is this, right? And I'm just thinking, over the last couple of years, when people have now started to shoot more video uh, on Safari, a lot of them shoot video, but I've never seen it. I see the images that they're putting out, but they've never shared the video, right? So, so if you are gonna shoot video, do something with it. It feels better, and that's how you're gonna learn. But don't get hard on yourself if you're shooting video and you miss photographs if you don't do something with the video. You know what I mean? It's, it's that. It's just that balance. But again, last time, figure out why you want to shoot video, what you're going to do with it, and reverse engineer it from there. Don't be scared to start with the basics. Don't let your guide baffle you with bullshit and you worry about all these new technical terms because that's going to cripple your creativity. Learn like you did with photography and just follow the journey from there. If you have started shooting video, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear what you think. What's the challenge? Do you have a specific way of thinking as to now I shoot photography, now I shoot video? Or do you just kind of take it as it comes? Um, it's an interesting discussion and I think it's one that's gonna keep going. But again, basics first, enjoy the journey and reverse engineer your why. If you have any thoughts, please let me know. If you have any challenges or questions, please let me know. Jerry Fennevolt on all the major uh, social media platforms and my email, jerry at wildeye.com, G-E-R-R-Y at wildeye, two words with a hyphen in between, dot com. I look forward to hearing from you. As always, guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for lending me your ears. I will chat to you in the next episode. My name is Jerry. I'm from Wild Eye. Bye for now.